Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. And in just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, Pastor Tommy, this is week 16, and it's been a great ride for these last, uh, well, I guess about four months now. But uh, I just want to thank everybody for supporting us and making this just a fun thing to do every week, and glad to have you along. Um, You know, short-term missions can have great influence on a church pastor, and developing a heart for missions uh, and and all that goes with that. So uh, I think uh, it's a great opportunity for us to have uh, a discussion about the influence of short-term missions and how it makes a difference not only to us as uh, as pastors, but also in missionaries, but also the people of the church. Absolutely. Hey, Trey, let me ask you a question as we get started. Yeah, man. Do you ever struggle with envy? With envy. Envy. Uh, on certain things. Spill out. Your I do not. I do not secrets. envy. I envy. <laughs> Golly, you're gonna make me spill. Uh, I envy other institutions. Let me just put it that way. Okay. At times. Okay. I, I hear you. So. I don't really struggle with envy. I didn't struggle with envy until this last week. Mm-hmm. And why was that? Because because we had a team that went over to Southeast Asia, oh. and they started posting their pictures on Facebook. You see, I had an opportunity to go with them, Trey. Uh-huh. Uh, but but I, I'm taking a, a trip myself in a, another week or two, and, That's I, right. and I just didn't think I could work both trips. So I, I chose to go on this other trip rather than go with the team that went from our church to Southeast Asia. And now you are right because they started sending back pictures of them just hanging out in lagoons. <laughs> And it, it was beautiful. And they were beautiful. They were pictures, beautiful. Man. So, so we mm. sent out a, a team of three people to South to Southeast Asia. Our missions pastor Logan uh, Scott, who is our, our sound guy here, and and uh, another gentleman named Jared. And what they did is they went on a ten day honeymoon. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. That was the word I heard. It was a ten day honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And so we have Logan, our missions pastor, also known as Smart Boy, with us. How was that honeymoon, Logan? Well, it's good to be with you guys today. Uh, and we're glad to have you. And it was very fun. We had a fantastic time. Uh, what did we, your wife think about you going on a honeymoon with two other guys? Well, she wasn't super excited about it. Um, <laughs> she was very jealous that we were hanging out in lagoons and uh, traveling up and down the coast and seeing some beautiful places. But that's not all we were doing while we were there. At least that's your story. That's not all you were doing while you were there. Listen, seriously, we saw the, the videos and the pictures. It was a beautiful place, and, and I know you guys had a great ministry there. And we are blessed today to have our missionary, Adam. Adam is a missionary with our International Mission Board that's a part of our Southern Baptist Convention. He is the missionary that Logan and Scott and Jared uh, went to visit and work with for uh, about 10 days. Uh one of our church members, Jared, who went on the trip, that's actually Adam's brother. So they got mm-hmm. to reunite there in in um, in Adam's country. First time, right, Adam, that Jared had been out to see you, right? Yes, that's right. Good, good. Well, welcome, Thank Adam. You. We're glad you were with us, and you're going to help us with our conversation today. My pleasure to be here. I'm glad to be with you guys. So the, so the team behaved. They did all right, correct? Well, look, I mean, how else do you want to get a good partnership started than to take them to a beautiful place, kick back, put your feet, you know, in the cool water, <laughs> waves laughing against the rock, 
Nice fluffy sand. So oh, don't yeah. be surprised next year when we have about 150 people that want to come out and see you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise <laughs> so we're going to have a good man. conversation today. Trey, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, when it comes to short-term missions, short-term missions does have that impact. We talked about the introduction. But, uh, you know, what, uh, what Adam can help us uh, think through today, uh, I think there's six things that we want to talk about why short-term missions matter and uh, number one, I think uh, we've seen it. All of us have seen it. It could be what God uses to call someone to full-time missions. What do you think about, Adam? Something that God uses to call to full-time missions. Is, was that your story? Did God use short-term missions to call you to full-time missions, or how were you called? Yes, yeah, so God really used other missionaries from just my journey growing up in church, going to certain camps, running into people I knew as I went off into seminary as well. And uh, in my early days of feeling called to ministry, I, I didn't feel a call to missions necessarily. But as I looked back over my journey, it was very evident that the Lord had been using those encounters uh, as I met folks from different parts of the world who had been serving in, for instance, Peru and other South American countries, a, a guy from Europe, uh, another family from the country I now serve in here in Southeast Asia. And God just really used that as a, as a whole picture to draw me to a place of uh, complete surrender to that call. Mm, mm. I'd always had a heart for missions and uh, even in high school going on two or three mission trips outside the U.S. And I thought it would be something I, I would always do. And I knew it was important to take the gospel to the nations. But I certainly didn't know God's ultimate plan for that. And so I'm always encouraged when folks come out, especially for like their first time, because they get a taste of, you know, the world and a taste of the lostness and a taste of different cultures. And, and it really opens their eyes to that possibility. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, I do believe that all of us as believers, if we allow God to do his good pleasure and good work in our lives, that he will use that, not necessarily to call all of us mm-hmm. overseas, right. but certainly to open our eyes to to the world and again the lostness and just the need but also around the corner the mm. things that we can that's be right. doing that's right as missionaries for for christ right now logan for you i know that short-term missions was huge for your calling to ministry correct correct yeah i went on my first mission trip in seventh grade and we went to west palm beach florida mm-hmm. I actually worked with some underprivileged people there and i knew at that moment that's what i wanted to do just wanted to do missions um it wasn't until after my junior year of high school, I went on my first international trip. And after that trip, I, I knew that, hey, I, I want to be overseas in some capacity. Didn't know what that looked like. And God has continually fleshed out that call yeah, in my yeah. life and what that looks like. And we still desire to go eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So something about how God works. He just uses those experiences to, to help us to kind of firm up our calling. And, and, I, and, and I am not called to full-time missions, obviously, but I know just going on a couple mission trips, you know, years ago, that really did put a desire in me to be much more involved in God's international plan. Now, you didn't even go on a short-term mission trip until you were a pastor, right? right? I, I, you know, for whatever reason, I just never took advantage of the opportunities. Mm-hmm. They were there, and it just wasn't on my radar. And then I got convicted about it. I, yeah. It was back in 2009. I mean, it hasn't been about 10 years ago that I went on my first international mission trip, and now I can't stop. I, mean, yeah. I, I just want to keep going back and, and partnering with, with missionaries and sending people. I've seen how it's changed my life, just mm-hmm. being a part of short-term missions. You know, what's been amazing, uh, I've gone not only short-term missions, but most of you know now I was on the field as well for a few years. And while there, the 
point two is that it broadens our worldview. I just all of a sudden, you know, Christians are beyond America, mm. you know, and it was it was shocking. Yeah. So so Adam, talk to us about that because you receive teams semi regularly, and I'm sure that when you receive teams over there in Southeast Asia, you're receiving some people that have never been on the field before and have never experienced a short term international trip. Talk to us about that and how significant that is when you have someone come for the very first time and how it broadens their worldview. Well, in some cases, it shatters their their whole entire world, yeah. and um, you know they they do go so through some shock. Um, you know, we we see the news, we see movies, we have this ideal thought of what a specific place may or may not be like, and I think off, more often than not, it's different, at least in some ways than you could have ever expected. Mm-hmm. And so that alone really you know, opens up people's eyes. And of course, you know, we all react a little bit differently to that, but it's God's grace. I believe in our lives as he's a, as he allows us to be a part of those things to then begin also to, to make other scriptures come to life that maybe mm-hmm. we didn't always understand the context of, or, um, you know, as we walk through scripture, we see things, Oh, well, you know, that's what it means in that place to really face persecution or, that's what the underground church looks like, or that's what it's like to be the only believer truly in your mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it really opens up people's eyes to just, I want not a different type of Christianity, but, but really in America, I feel like, you know, we, we've experienced a unique period in history of really little to no persecution right. as followers of Christ, but that's not the norm around mm, the world. That's right. And that's we're right. best here where we are. It's, it's not, a tremendous amount of persecution, but there's certainly uh, that's involved in people's lives here. Mm-hmm. But again, it just really opens up people's eyes yeah. to what God's doing and, and the global church and, and his mission yeah. for, for the world. Yeah. Logan, why do we need our worldview to be broadened? I think it's very easy for us to, to just make assumptions and have presuppositions about the way that the rest of the world lives, um, to assume that the church operates the same way around the world, that that every church is just like our church Mm. on Sunday morning. That's not the case at all. Um, And then being able to see the church in different contexts and the gospel in different contexts with different religious backgrounds. Um, If you're serving in Africa and especially in poorer parts of Africa or poor parts around the world, Mm -hmm. whether that be um, South America, India, things like that, um, that's a lot different than serving somewhere like Japan, for example, where they're, they're very modern and very Mm -hmm. Westernized and, um, but, but lost is lost and people are lost in the villages. People are lost in mega cities around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely helps. It helps break down some of those presuppositions and barriers. I think a lot of people have going in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as we look at number three here is it, uh, it displays for us as well. When you go on short-term missions, the great need for the gospel in the nations yeah. and, uh, how important it is that we hold on to the scriptures that we, as, as a church, you know, we say we believe, yeah. Uh, I know that um, uh, some of these scriptures, uh, do we want to probably just think of Romans 12.1 and Acts 4.12, Jesus being the only way yeah, and those kind of things. So, yeah, um, yeah. And you, you think, think about, about it here, here in the States, right? We have a, a church on every corner, but where you are, Adam, obviously that's not the case. Kind of give us an idea of, of the lostness in the particular area that you're ministering in. So we... The place where we live here is its own state, kind of like what we'd have in America. We call them provinces. And there's about 40 million people in our province. 
97% of them are Muslim. And so obviously the huge majority are lost. And unfortunately, a lot of the Christian uh, are also lost. Mm. And so one of our biggest challenges is, is one, getting the gospel to some 40 million lost people. And we're blessed not to have to do this alone. We have some teammates from the IMB as well with us here. We have some national partners, but there are very few churches and most of them are hyper-traditional. They are uh, very fearful to get out and be a gospel witness in their community, even among their own family. Um, I often meet people who have Christian family members but have never heard the gospel before. So getting the gospel to them, as Trey said a minute ago, do we as, as believers, are we convinced that it's the only power mm. under salvation? Mm. Is Jesus the only way, the only truth, and the only life? Yes. And knowing it's the, to the Father except through him, if we believe that, and the Bible, that's what the Bible says, then that's the life that we have to be living and the message we have to be preaching. And it's not this, I'm better or holier than thou. But how do we do this in a loving, contextual, um, you know, way that communicates Christ's love for these people? Yeah, 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 for sure. So tell me, what is it like? How long have you been there, Adam, in Southeast Asia? Almost 15 years. 15 years. What is it like to wake up every day knowing that the vast majority of the people that you see everywhere you turn are are far from Christ and really don't have a lot of opportunity to hear about Christ because there's not a church on every corner. What, how does that drive you every day? Well, I'll be honest. It, you know, over the years, over my time here, there have been times when I've realized that I've gotten a little disconnected. And what I mean by that is I'm still sharing the gospel. I'm still a part of the local church. I'm still trying to do training, but I forget just that heavy heavy weight of lostness mm, mm. because this has kind of become my home right right mm-hmm. for sure yeah but praise the lord that he quickly reminds me that there is true darkness mm. and i often relate it like this i've been in some some deep caves mm. here in southeast asia and when you turn the light off it's the darkest place i've ever been mm. in mm. you literally can see nothing and Literally, I think that's the picture that, that we see in Scripture of the darkness and blindness that these folks live in. Right. And I just often pray, Lord, remind me of their blindness, that, that Satan has a stronghold on them. It's not, they're not waking up every day choosing to rebel against a holy living God. They just do not they don't know. know. They don't know. That's right. How can they hear unless we who believe take that message to them? Mm. They will not. Mm. They will not ever hear unless we who believe are obedient to the scriptures and preach that gospel to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Logan, we're talking about short term missions, right? So you were there. I mean, Adam's living it every day, 15 years. You were there seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days uh, while you were on the ground. Kind of what were your impressions as a short term missionary and how, you know, as a short term missionary in that short time, how you can make an impact in that darkness? Yeah, I mean, I think as you look around, and that's one of the good things about short-term missions is that when you get there, you're just acutely aware of how different things are. 
um, and the different sights, tastes, smells across the board, um, different languages. And so I think, I think you become hyper aware to the fact that every person that you see, every person that you talk with, they're lost. Um, they don't know the, they don't know the gospel and the vast majority of them have never heard the gospel. And, uh, the reality is like Adam was saying, they will not unless the church goes, unless we go. And so, um, I think it, it allows us to see the burden that's placed on us, uh, for the lost and, um, the opportunity that's there to share the gospel. For sure. For sure. For sure. And yet in the midst of all that, we, we do see God at work. And mm-hmm. so, uh, the fourth thing we want to talk about is it, when we look at uh, what God's doing in short-term missions and in missions around the world, uh, it proves that God is still working out his plans as we experience uh, the global church and salvation among these these, le- these uh, less-reached peoples and people groups you're talking about. Right? Yeah. So, Adam, how are you seeing God work out his plan? You know, it's interesting. Even last week when those guys were here, we were down on the south coast. And it's really not a very populated area. There's only three main, we call them villages, but they're little communities. So there's only several thousand folks down there. And even some of the people that we were able to meet with then, a few believers even, it's amazing to see what God's doing in the believers' lives, through their faith, in their communities. We're seeing even a church being built down there uh, right now. But it's also amazing to see the light of the gospel, how it penetrates into people's lives. Mm. And we were able to stop at one guy's house that I've actually shared with in the, in the past. And I don't have time to share the whole story uh, of how we found him and, and met him again. But when we did, we, we were just able to follow up with him and share a little bit more with him. And I was able to talk to him about the four soils that we see in the book of Mark and and just continue to, to share truth with, truth with him and, and see what the Lord wants to do in his life. Very kind, very friendly man. He's still very lost. But it's just amazing to see, one, we know from Scripture, and we confess that you know, Jesus is Lord, and we believe that it's only the gospel that can eternally change people's lives. So as we have opportunity to share that, just to see the, the power of the gospel, mm. even those who reject, it does something. And praise God, we do wow. see people come mm. to faith. Yeah. And we're seeing people come to faith. And, you know, it's not because, oh, Adam's this great communicator of the gospel, but it's more because of what God's doing among his peoples of the world. Mm. And he's just allowing us to be a part of that. That's right. That's right. Just like a few That's weeks right. ago with, with the team that was here. So imagine when you're there, Adam, and a lot of it is just kind of laboring in the field day after day, kind of seeing you know, slow progress. You're not seeing change happen overnight. So, Logan, when I think about short-term missions in the seven or eight days you were there, how did you see God working out his plan? Well, I'll be honest, even now, I mean, I've been on many mission trips in many different places, many different contexts, um, and even in the short time that we're there, the expectation and the hope is that when we share the gospel, that people will repent and believe. That's right. That's um, right. But it can be very discouraging to think, hey, I, I spent this money, I spent this time to go to a place where we don't necessarily see anyone repent and believe on the spot. Um, and so for short-term teams, I think a lot of them have maybe come back and feel defeated or feel mm-hmm. discouraged. Um, 
and we have missionaries who are out all over the world and they're faithfully laboring day after day after day and sometimes it's a long time before they see anyone come to faith um so what what is so encouraging is that meeting with believers seeing the works god god is doing in the church and through the church um and the fact that we hang on to the promises of god right right um, we look we know revelation 7 9 and 10 every tribe tongue and nation mm-hmm. will be represented around god's throne that's right. a promise that's right. going to happen um, and so we hold on to those truths, and then we rejoice when we do see people come to faith. Right. So that's why for a church like us here at Northwood, what we're interested in is is missionary partnerships, right? That we're looking to—this was the first trip we took to Southeast Asia with, with Adam, but we're looking to partner with Adam so that we can— uh, assist him in the work however we need to assist him as he desires for us to assist him so that over time we can see some of the same things that adam is seeing right and so that's why for us i think partnership is so crucial so we can be a part of that long-term work with him yeah and i think part of partnership is our 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 helping you uh, adam and uh also encouraging you and praying for you and all those things and when when a short-term mission team comes uh is that a time of encouragement for you? I know it's a busy time for you, but uh, is there some encouragement involved when a short-term uh, mission team comes there? It, it is for me. We've been blessed to be able to host many teams over our 15 years here, and it's just been amazing to see. Again, I mentioned earlier how God used short-term trips in my life mm-hmm. to ultimately call me to global missions. And to see those types of things happening in other people's lives and how they're making huge decisions and how God's just using their time here to do only the things that he can do. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like I want to be a part of that. And I'm always encouraging folks to, Hey, come on out. You know, we want to serve alongside you. And one of the things I also love to do is to teach teens and folks that come out the way we share the gospel. It's, just the gospel, just like we all know it, but it's slightly contextualized with just some different language. Of course, and, yeah. Uh, just the way we communicate that for the, the culture here. But that's fun because people can, can see how the Lord is using the gospel here in Southeast Asia and can often take that back and modify it a little bit for their own context. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and I guess that leads us to great. So that leads us to number five. You've seen then people come to the field and then be emboldened in their gospel sowing at home. Is that what you're kind of alluding to there? No, oh, most, most definitely. And so it's always fun to follow back up with teams. And, you know, as we have teams return or as we have formed partnerships over the year with other fellowships there in the States to see, you know, the next year they come or we're back in the States for something and we get to meet with them and, you know, they have a story. What? Six months after I got back, I was able to share with <laughs> wow. my first mother in America. And so it's just been really neat to see God work that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so so you think about it, right, Logan? I mean, you were in a context that was uh, highly Muslim. Uh, we're not in that context, context in the States, but we are in a context that is increasingly becoming more secular. And so for us here in the States, I mean, we've got to be kind of like Adam. We have to think like a missionary, right? And how will we share the gospel in the States like a missionary instead of, you know, a Bible Belt Christian, right? Yeah. Uh, One of the things about short-term missions is that um, 
people that may have never shared the gospel before in the States, they find a boldness to share in a foreign context. And I think it, because of differences in culture, you know, you're only there for a short time. You'll likely never see these people again, whatever it is, it becomes a little bit easier to share the gospel. I think internationally Mm -hmm. when we go, um, so many people are scared to share the gospel here stateside because you speak the same language. Mm -hmm. It's often Mm -hmm. people that you work with that you see more frequently family members, um, and so those, those things can be daunting uh, right, to right. share the gospel in light of that. But as you go, um, if God can work in and through you to share the gospel with, with a Muslim who may have never heard the gospel, then he can also do that here. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. he needs you to do that here because the reality is, although there are churches on almost every corner, there's access to the gospel, um, whether it be online, bookstores, people, right? People, people in America, there are many who have never heard the gospel of Jesus right. Christ. They That's may right. have heard of Jesus, which is a step more than what some other people may have had. Um, they may know some religious language, but there's tons of people right here in Charleston mm-hmm. who have never heard the gospel exactly of Jesus right. Christ. Yeah, exactly. we've seen that. We've seen oh, that yeah. in the church. We've been out in our community. We've come across those kinds of people. Exactly. I've never, I never knew this yeah. before. Yeah. You know. Um, and when we get involved short-term missions, I think it always does this last thing, number six, is it demands more prayer, more of our lives to be in prayer for the lost peoples of the world. Wouldn't you say that's true, Adam? Yes. Obviously, as I've mentioned before, you you come to a place like this where there's not a church on every corner, but rather a mosque or a Hindu temple or Mm -hmm. a Buddhist temple meeting place. And it just really opens your eyes to to that darkness that I mentioned a minute ago. And again, as we look through Scripture, we, we see that it is God, the Father, that through the power and blood of, the, of Jesus and through the conviction of the Spirit draws people, right, to the Son. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, again, it's not my fancy or my eloquent evangelism methodology, but it's rather the Father and the Son and the mm-hmm. Spirit working together to draw the lost to himself so that he gets the glory. And if we want to be connected into that type of work, we're going to have to be on our knees. Mm. We have to be in the exactly. work. That's right. Be connected to that source, to the divine power that only comes through him. That's right. That's right. And Trey, kind of as we begin to wrap this up, one resource that I would encourage every believer to have, and, and you guys probably have this resource, is a book called Operation World. Yeah. And it's a wonderful book because that book, and it's just recently been updated the last couple of years, it has every country in the world in it and the state of Christianity in that country and specifically how you can pray for that particular nation. Uh, that's been a super helpful resource mm-hmm. for me. One, to make me more aware of what God's doing around the world, and, and two, to help me to know how to pray. So I would highly recommend uh, that people get on Amazon and, and buy that book and just start working through it. I mean, it, there's even a prayer guide through that book that you can pray all the way through it in a year and pray for every country in the world over the course of a year. It's really, really cool. And if you contact Operation World, they will actually email you every day with oh, a different really? country. Yeah. How about that? And then you can that? pray for that country that day. So Yeah, so there are resources out there to help us be better aware of what's going on in the world and how we can specifically pray. And yeah. certainly as we're on the field somewhere, I man, it just does give us that greater desire to pray. So Adam, let me ask you the one last question before we end our time together. Right now, listening are people who maybe have never even considered going on a short-term mission trip. And what you're saying is kind of sparking an interest in their hearts. For that person who's wrestling with that decision, if they should or should not go on that first time international trip, what would your word of encouragement be to them? 
Well, first of all, I think that, you know, Logan mentioned a minute ago, when we go for four, five, six, seven days to a new place, there is some certainly anxiety when we think about that. But, you know, to, to be able to obey God's call on our lives, uh, and, of course, Matthew 28 is, is the most clear passage that we see, that we're all called to go to the peoples of the world. It's not a call that we all be full-time missionaries. Right. But it is a call that we all engage the laws Mm. anywhere we are mm. and we often we often say we we want to engage the lost anytime anywhere any place and for for us that's that's here in southeast asia but if i get on a plane and, and head to another southeast asian country i need to be looking for opportunities to share with the guy Absolutely. beside me on the airplane Absolutely. or you know the taxi driver if he speaks english wherever i'm at or when i go back to the states every three or four years i'm always asking my friends my pastor friends, hey, you know, how are you sharing with your neighbors and with your friends and family now? I mean, I've been gone so long. Sometimes I feel a little disconnect with, with the culture there. But I want to learn, you know, what what's effective in sharing the gospel there or here or wherever. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like we all need to be a part of that. And, and who is not blessed and filled with the joy of the Lord when we obey him? That's right. Absolutely. And so. I would just encourage all of us to look for opportunities where we can be involved in some type of short-term mission trip and just put it in the Lord's hands, allow him to provide financially, allow him to provide for your time off from work or whatever it may be. Because we can always come up with a reason why I just can't go this time. But my encouragement would be let's just all obey God's commands and fulfill his great commission amen well pastor tommy why don't you close us out it's been a wonderful time meeting with adam and just to be able to be able to pray with insight with him um just close us out Pastor. yeah adam thank you so much for joining us today this has been really helpful and encouraging and i'm so thankful for you hosting our team that came out a couple weeks ago i know that uh, they had a blast and i know that god was at work through all of you and here at northwood we're looking forward to continue to hear about how god is at work in in your country and looking forward to more opportunity to serve alongside you so thank you so much for being such a great host and we're praying for you we're going to continue to pray for you and so if you're listening today please take time to pray for adam and his family as they labor in a place where there is lots of gospel need. And if you are listening, we hope that this, this has been helpful for you and encouraging. If you're part of the Northwood family, talk to uh, Pastor Trey, me, or particularly Logan about being engaged in short-term missions. We want to see you on mission. If you're not a part of our faith family, watch us online sometime. Come check us out, whatever. But we are so glad that you listened today. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, we would hope that you would take the time to subscribe so that you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a review because reviews help get the word out about this podcast. And as always, we hope that today this podcast has helped you connect faith to life. 